0: Jordan Loyal Short. I'm here to share a little excerpt from my book, The Scald's Black Verse. If you enjoy epic fantasy and particularly grimdark epic fantasy, please check out my series, The Dreadbound Ode. Book one is The Scald's Black Verse. Book two is The Weeping Sigil, which was just recently released. Uh, I'm going to read you the prologue from book one, The Scald's Black Verse. Quote, the mischief of the Mara and the malice of the Rog are small misfortunes next to the horror of witnessing your people conquered. The proud made to grovel, the beautiful raped, and the wise buried to the dirge of laughter, end quote. Jord Gernson, The Slave's Lament Anders Nilstrom stood at his own front door as if it were the threshold of hell. He knew he was stalling, fumbling to muster the iron in his belly to do what must be done. But the deal was struck long ago. He tugged his hood down against the hail and stole a look over his shoulder, eyes darting from the wellhouse house to the tree line, to the gravestones out by the road. There was no reason it would come tonight, just an old worry. The hidden was little more than a dream now, a shadow in the fog receding into the abyss year by cursed year. Only the fear was too raw, even at the remove of decades. And now the price was due. If it watched him from somewhere out in the dark, what would it see? A man aged beyond his prime years, The stoop appearing in his shoulders, gray in his beard. Too many lean winters that had left him thin, scarred, and bitter, clinging to the grim hope that it would hold up its end of the bargain. A scream within the cottage jolted Anders from his black thoughts. His shoulders crumpled, and he let out the breath he'd been holding. He whispered a prayer to the Ten Fathers, though he knew it would go unanswered. Damnation waited inside. But it was the only way to be free. Let the fathers judge when it was done. He opened the cabin door, the wooden hinges shrieking, a bucket of well water sloshing in his hand. The fire had dwindled to a bank of embers, before which his daughter Elsa shivered under a pile of coarse blankets. Anders set down the bucket he'd fetched and knelt beside her, his knees protesting. What took you so long, she asked, her voice weak. His precious flower, Hjorl, he called her, from the old tongue. She'd grown to such a beautiful girl. He couldn't tell her. He'd been stealing his courage, so instead he lied. I heard Cinder whinnying. He got out of the stall, so I had to chase him back down and take him back to the barn. Anders plucked a log from the cradle by the hearth. He set the wood atop the dying fire and turned back to his daughter. How far apart are the panes, Joral? he asked. Not long. She propped herself up, one hand on the dusty floorboard, the other on her belly. I'm dizzy. Where's Braylon? Anders turned his palms up helplessly. Another lie. He had never sent for the midwife. Let's have a look. We can manage without her. He drew back the woolen blanket, and the pair froze, a fresh log crackling in the fireplace. A pool of darkness spread between her legs, soaking the white blankets he'd lain beneath her. They regarded this blot in shared horror, as if they'd discovered the corpse of a friend on the roadside. Elsa wept. He wringed his hands, groping for the words to comfort her fear. But what could he say? It was too much blood. Instead, he set his mind to the task ahead, his stomach nodding as his unease grew. His flower cried out again, a short, sharp bark like a seal pup. It's all right, Fioril. His fingers combed her sweaty hair from her face. Lie back. Anders reached up to one of the rawhide chairs by the hearth and grabbed a rag and a vial of ointment. He tucked his long blonde hair into the collar of her shirt. Then he lifted the hem of Elsa's dress and bent down to have a look. The ring is open. It's time to push. He held out his hand and she took it, squeezed it as she bore down, pushing, breathing like the midwife had taught her. Another contraction came, another scream. Anders dabbed ointment on the rag and wiped blood and mucus from between her legs, the cloth soon black in the firelight. Keep pushing, Fjordal. I'm trying, Elsa said. I'm so tired, I just want to sleep. Over and over she pushed and she screamed. Her grip on his hand weakened. Her voice grew fainter, her head lulled. Anders gently slapped his flower's cheek, rousing her. You're almost done, Elsa. If you want the child to live, you have to keep fighting. You don't have long." He saw his words tear the veil from her eyes, a flicker of sadness dashed by a wave of intensity. Elsa tightened her grip on his hand, fighting with the grim determination of the doom, a rage born of indignation that the world would dare to rob her baby of its precious, unspoiled life. Anders whispered to the fathers, begging for forgiveness that would not come. He would have given anything to speed her journey, but the birth drew on. Her shrieking echoed in the night, the quiet afterwards filled by ragged breaths and hail drumming on the thatch above. At last, the child's head crowned, the end of Elsa's suffering in sight. Anders mopped his flower's brow and held her hand, spurring her when her efforts flagged. He knelt between her legs, his fingers probing for purchase to guide the baby safely. With waning strength, She heaved the child out to the shoulders. Anders hooked his fingers into its armpit and dragged it into the world. Elsa lay back, panting, her eyes closed. Anders inspected the child, its withered form a shame and a blessing considering his pact. One of its arms had wilted and its brow grew out of proportion to its tiny face. In the old days, they would have left it in the forest. The child reached out and grabbed his thumb, its eyes crushed it shut. It never cried. It was a boy, a luckless, misshapen boy. His grandson, but doomed, he reminded himself. Doomed. Anders turned away from his daughter, using his body to hide his crime. Father, Elsa asked, are you crying? Anders looped the umbilical cord around the child's neck shielding the murder from his daughter's eyes, masking it in the form of grief. What's wrong, she asked. Why are you crying? When it was done, he turned to her, without meeting her eyes, and offered up its strangled corpse. The cord was wrapped around its neck, he said. Elsa cradled its little body, her tears, her tear-streaked eyes falling shut and snapping open. Olek, she called him. He could not have borne it if this were the end. But the hidden's words had been confirmed by the midwife and Elsa's hand went to her belly, her eyes rekindled by the movement within. A forlorn smile crept across her face. Braylon was right, she said. Anders took the firstborn from her and set it by the fire. He covered the child with a clean rag, its shrouded form lurking in the corner of his eye. Almost there, Fjorl. You're so strong. Anders patted Elsa on the knee. He bent down. I can see the head already. It won't be long. He looked up, hoping for relief in her eyes, but her head fell to the side and her eyelids fluttered. Anders grabbed her wrist and jerked on Elsa, stay awake. I'm here, she muttered. Still here. Then push, girl. He reached between her legs. Push! Elsa clutched the blood-soaked blanket beneath her and cried out, the fingernails of her other hand raking the floorboards. She panted, her lips pursed, breathing, seizing a moment of tranquility before the next contraction hit. Good, her father said, again. She labored on, at times losing consciousness, only to awaken as pain cut through the darkness. At last, Anders wrested the child from its mother's womb, a big, black-haired boy, plump and healthy. Anders blanched at the hair, the ochre skin, but he had known the boy would be a shade another legacy of the invasion of its father's people. Yet the child had his mother's startling blue eyes. So Anders slapped him on the backside, evoking a shrill cry. The proud grandfather held up his prize for Elsa to see. Joy lit his face, but his joy was fleeting. His flower lay with her head turned toward the fire, its light dancing in her open eyes. Goodbye, sweet Fioral. He lay down in his head resting, in the crook of her arm, and wept. Anders wanted to stay there forever. He deserved no better. But the child's cries awoke him from his grief. The price was paid, but the work still undone. Anders drew his belt knife. He picked up the baby, cradling it in one arm. With his free hand, he cut the umbilical cord. Roar, he told the child. That is what I'll call you. Anders cut the cord of the other child too, his eyes averted. He listened to little broar scream, the boy doubt no doubt frightened by this strange new world, by his brother's absence. The pummeling hail gave way to pattering rain. Anders' heart galloped. He closed his eyes and began to hum, finding the rhythm of these things. He averted his, his heart slow to match the tempo. His voice rose, another worldly timbre, deep, grating, growing louder as he embraced the song that had cost him his soul. He twined the umbilical cords together, hands slick with gore, singing his bleak verse all the while. Anders bound the boys with the braid, looping it around their waists and wrapped them in a clean blanket. His head swayed, violence dancing in his mind's eye. Anders drew his knife again, and cut his scarred hand, letting blood drizzle onto the twins. His song ended on a determined note, bled of joy and innocence. His flower had gone where she could not return. His fated grandsons, one spirit, one flesh, wailed a cursed duet. The hidden had promised, he told himself. At no mean price, the invaders would pay every one they pay a ransom of horror and defeat and pain, these pigs who'd rutted, who'd rutted on his precious flower. That is the prologue. If that sounded interesting to you guys, please check out The Scald's Black Verse. Uh, thank you again for having me. Uh, this is the Dreadbound Ode, book two, The Weeping Sigil just came out. Thanks for sharing this with me and have a great night.